Greetings. This is Michelle Renee with Coffee, Tea, and Tarot. Welcome to a world of fresh eyes on a magnificent experience, practicality to our lives through Tarot, and bringing home back to the cauldron. Thank you for tuning in. Greetings, everyone. It is Coffee, Tea, and Tarot with Michelle Renee, and it is also Magical Michelle Monday. So we have a lot of things that are happening today, and I invite you from the very begin to come into our Coffee, Tea, Tarot free group because we do another broadcast there. Today's theme has to do with the hibiscus and which tarot is that connected to and how important it is for our well-being, especially as women. So anyways, I wanted to invite you to that very, very, the very first. Now, as I promised before, we would be indulging in another tarot deck and we had prior the Tarot Illuminati, which was more these illustrious golds and greens and had found its way into a more um, eclectic style of expression through the artist. This week we are with the Illuminati Tarot by Casey Duhamel, illustrated by Bob Gravenstein. I had to figure out how to say his name correctly. Now this is a very interesting deck, so I'm going to share this with you, but there'll be pictures uh, coming along. And the deck um, has a Rosicrucian, Rosicrucian cross on it with a, a beautiful adorned rose um, color scheme is brown and cream. So the rose is more cream colored instead of white. And of course, there's the esoteric symbols on the actual book. I find it really interesting and might be a little slightly dark. And I mean physically, as in looking at the book, a little dark. It has the nuance of energy to be dark or into a place that you would have to go undercover, be in the cover of, and be shielded as you are discovering the nuances of tarot. The physical part of it, then we have the mental, psychological part, and then you have the spirit or even the esoteric aspect of the cards. And in this case, the Illuminati Tarot, Keys of Secret Society, pulls us into that world. So I'll be sharing a little bit about that. And I did pull a card today and it's it takes a little bit to see the different correlations when you are going from one tarot deck to the next. And I believe that's why we find our favorite. 
we discover what is our favorite and how our favorite helps support us to be able to see the answers more quickly and maybe even decks that we didn't think would be our favorite all of a sudden become our favorite because they offer something intellectually and spiritually that nourish and answer the physical person and so that is something that i enjoy discerning and discovering as i open up a new tarot deck now i've had this tarot deck for about three years and so, um, however, it's not one that I always turn to, um, not because I don't like it, but because I have found others that work really well. And you, again, you'll discover that for yourself. However, um, as I'm doing the coffee, tea, and tarot, um, it's affording me time to look at other decks that I have in my arsenal. So we are going to just read an excerpt here in the back so we can get to know the author and the illustrator. The grand architect of the universe blessed me mightily the day I was introduced to South African artiste extraordinaire Bob Gravenstein. Referred to him by a fellow tarotist friend on Facebook, Bob and I became quickly internet friends and artistic partners, sharing our thoughts and musings via cyberspace for this deck and book set. There I was, typing away in the wilds of South Dakota, and Bob brought life to my ideas and words, employing his remarkable artistic magic from his home in Pretoria, South Africa. The very concept amazes me, that two individuals so many thousands of miles apart would never meet yet come together to create something wonderful. Bob and I bring you what I know to be a truly unique tarot. I guarantee there is nothing like it in the world of Oracle Mystery. Thank you for accepting our invitation to journey with us down the fork in the Royal Road and into the shadows of secret societies and the provocative notions of alternative history. I personally appreciate your willingness to give your valuable time to my theories as they are presented here. I was a little hesitant to lay them out for psychic or public viewing. Who am I kidding? I was petrified. But I do ascribe to the great Isaac As Asimov. Your assumptions are your windows on the world. Scrub them off every once in a while or the light won't come in. Merci beaucoup. Profiteur du voyage. Elevez-vous my prendozon lorsque vous tournez. Casey Duhamel. How interesting. So the card that I actually pulled, because I wanted to pull them early so that I could give some attention to the, the author, the illustrator, and the correlations. And in this case, the arrow is the wand, and it is quite obvious. However, this card came up four of wands reversed. And you'll see that on your screen in just a moment. However, there are two hands bound together, crossing two sets of wands on through one hand and two sets of one through the other with fire going in between the two. 
which is really interesting because in this case we learned that the author and the illustrator both agree that the wand is the fire element it is interesting how we will go through different decks and see how some will consider the wands an air element and it really just depends on on your background or your education as to why a person will lean one way or the other. Some feel that the fire is connected to steel or the blade and so therefore you'll find differences there. However, we are in agreement here between the illustrator and the writer that the fire is connected to the wand. Well, Usually the four of wands is connected to a foundation, foundation of support. And it's really interesting because the wand can be combative and it also can be very creative. If we wanted to say anything, we could say it's destructive and reconstructive. In this case, the card is reversed. And so what I will say about this card being in reverse is that it's usually in the other way we're looking at something that has been completed and we can now move on in a successful pattern or a successful um, activity in this case that it's reversed this is the call to work together to connect and make things come into fruition you're still in the planning process and also in that process there might be a little um, push and pull there um, I find it interesting that the card shows two hands and in this case what I would say is that we have two different um, ideas of creation and so therefore you might have one that feels that something must be done this way the other feels that it needs to be done another way so therefore there is a destructive and reconstructive activity that's happening between two parties you might find that even within yourself because we are also looking at how it's affecting us mentally personally and how that now shows up in itself what is it that we might be warring with in our own mind are we fighting our own demons so that it's difficult for us to create something new how quickly are you to release the fire of destructive patterns of thinking which lean into the swords however that's another that's another um aspect of, of this reading um how how quickly are we able to release the patterns of of de destructive behavior how quickly can you release that so that you can actually start bridging with the people or with ideas or with um um connection that will support your evolved moving forward so that is within your mind first when you're within your family circle our our mother and father or two partners do they seem to go back and forth and not able to um, come to an agreement at how they are to move forward if they are in agreement of moving forward in a particular idea is their um, support uh, verbal support emotional support this is working working those those patterns out um, um, there's uh, in education 
what is it that you are needing to release maybe a condition of an idea so that you can recreate something better that is the energy that is that's swirling in today's in today's um reading and i want to read the the aspect of this particular pip card that's the way that this is described so that we can see what the author has uh, shared with us in regards to the wands the wands the golden dawn the roots of modern occult tarot run deeply into the earth of France, beginning with the occult revival of the 1700s through the 1800s. Commencing with the Court de Giblin, the first alternative occult history of the tarot, and his student, the father of tarot divination, Etaya, to the secret fraternities of the 19th century Paris, boasting noted occultists as Paul Christian, Eliphaz Levi, Stanislaw de Guita, Oswald Worth, and Pappas. The Tarot began its journey across the channel to Victorian England. This pivotal time in Tarot history has much to do with the voluminous occult writings of the her hermeticians um, Eliphaz Levi. Let me get through these names. <laughs> these ample works were translated, corrected, and adapted by three dedicated British occultists, A.E. Waite, William Wynne Westcott, and Alistair Crawley. These three men would later become integral to the inner workings of the fledgling hermetic order of the Golden Dawn. The three founding fathers of the Golden Dawn were Freemason and Rosicrucian. They were William Robert Woodman, William Wynne Westcott, and Samuel McGregor Mathers. The first temple, the Isis Urena Temple, was founded in London in 1888. The Golden Dawn was of one of the few secret societies to allow women as participants in equality with men. This may be due to the story that permission to establish the order was given by prominent Rosicrucian and German countess Anna Springle to her English envoy and fellow occultist enthusiast Wynne Westcott. Waite was initiated into the order in 1891 and Crawley joined him later in 1898. The order was established upon the founders version of the teachings of Levi and Egyptian mystery schools. These philosophies were um, articulated in the order's foundational documents, the cipher manuscripts describing outlines for gradual grade rituals and the hermetic sciences such as the Kabbalah, astrology, occult, and divinatory tarot, geomancy, and alchemy. The Golden Dawn flourished at the turn of the century. However, by 1900, many members were dissatisfied by Mather's leadership and close friendship with the disorderly Crawley. The Golden Dawn began to disintegrate. Remaining loyalists helped to reinvent the order in London, and due to their efforts, the Golden Dawn continues to, to thrive to this day in many guises and different orders. Wow. Quite interesting. So it's wonderful to learn the esoteric or the secrets behind the creation and the execution, the activity, and the implementation of the tarot thank you for joining me this week i'll be here tomorrow to uh, discover something a little bit more fascinating and interesting with the reading of the cards 
the Illuminati Tarot Keys of the Secret Society. Thank you for joining. Ashe. Thank you.